as this broadcast is intended for mature audiences. In the following podcast, there will be thoughts and opinions expressed that in no way reflect your federation, this station, website, or affiliated partners. Who is this? How dare you... Who I am is not important. Listen to discretion is... Klingon best. Space. The final frontier. These are the voyages of Starship Trips. Her ongoing mission to explore strange new worlds. To seek out new content and new stuff. To follow the girl word, no podcast has gone forth. Hello and welcome to episode 238 of Tribbles and Ecstasy. I'm your host, Midnight Shadow, and joining me in the studio today, we've got... Hello everybody, it's Sun. Greetings, it's Studog. How's it going guys? Timberwolf here. Well, apologies for not being here last week. Unfortunately, We heard you were sick, Midnight! health meant no show. Yeah... To say I'd got extremely bad headaches is an understatement. Um, but hey, hum, I have new medication. That's which, good. Yeah. Hopefully, it's working. For the most part, one of the side effects is forgetfulness. Uh oh. So if I start repeating myself or get lost halfway through a sentence, you know why. We just need to reboot you. Yeah. Before so, we get started this week. I, I, this is something we I don't think we've covered on the show, but I need to address it because it's something that needs to be addressed. D- the people out there who are doing the whole track against Trump thing, quit it. Because when you do that crap, you are not standing for track values, period. Otherwise, you would have to be anti-Hillary as well. Yeah, quit I, have, it. I have to uh, agree with on this one Star Trek has never been one to affiliate with a political party Um, they've always been neutral it's more about you know making ourselves better and understanding it's it's been more about everybody getting along together not okay well we're going to use this to push for one political party on earth because they're better it's just they've never done this before and I think all the actors are doing right now is using their influence on all Trekkies because, hey, I'm an actor in your favorite show, so you should vote the way I vote. 
and I think it's really stupid. I really do. It's it's also there's also the problem of in in Star Trek there is there is a democracy system. We've never seen the actual election process of the the president of the Federation of Planets. But at the same time, I guarantee you, the shit that's going on in the U.S. election campaign is not going on in the UFP presidential race. Oh, hell no. Anyway, on to gaming. So, Star Trek Online PC news. Um, with the new updates coming soon. Um, Was it two weeks now? 25th, so yes, a week and a half. Yeah. Um, we've got the Infinity Lockbox coming out again. Now, people remember that before the last update, we got this new Infinity Box, which was instead of having all these lots of lockboxes. Beautiful so, thing. So, um, yeah, I found it so much nicer than <laughs> everything that we'd had before. So um, they've uh, included the PC exclusive or the uh, the uh, console exclusive items now into the new Infinity Lockbox for us PC users. So yep. they've replaced the Tier Five variants with their T Six variant for the Galore, the Jim and the Jim Hadar ships. That's now good. here's 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 the issue though. The layout for the Keldon class is completely different than the Galore class. Yeah. So how you know that's 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 not an upgrade. That's an entire redesign. That makes that that now that now makes the Galore class a super rare ship. Yeah, which is going to skyrocket the price of those, whereas the Keldon will drop considerably. What exactly and, is and who has been life? trying to build wealth slowly for the past couple of years to buy a galore class? Yeah, I'm not too happy. <laughs> what exactly is the the difference console wise on the galore from the Keldon? The Keldon seems a bit more tactical heavy than 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 uh, engineering heavy. Okay. Plus, you've also got the tier six abilities as well. Which you won't have on a tier five, or what would end up being a tier five upgrade. Yeah, you know, and, and I'm okay with having. I'm okay with at some point getting a Keldon class. I just I kind of wanted the galore, and and there's this back and forth that's that's been going on. Oh well, you can put the galore skin on the Keldon, but it's like, yeah, but the ship layout is completely different. Talon84 in chat says, Lucky I got the Galor last week for 100 mil. Um, yeah, lucky you. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. Up until this Infinity Lockbox, everybody's been opening the Infinity Lockbox they bought from the last event, and it's dropped the Galore prices up until this weekend started. It had been dropping the prices of all the lockbox ships. I mean, we saw the Wells class, the Temporal Science vessel, where I'm seeing them go for as low as 65 million now. I mean, those old T5 ships were dropping in price considerably, and now mm-hmm. all of a sudden, the the, Kel- the Galore class, it was dropping in price. It was becoming very affordable. Now it's become so rare because it's no longer offered, unless you have kept the old Cardassian boxes. Because now that's the only way to get them. If you somehow squirreled away the old Cardassian boxes, that ship's going to skyrocket like there's nobody's business. 
Hey, speaking of that, guess what I have? What have what you, got? you got? I've got 15 stacks of the Galore boxes. Well, there you go. That, that's going to be your one way to get it now. Well, I was going to say that I had some as well. I can send them to you if you want them. But yeah, I mean, I I, I enjoy the idea of the Kelden class specifically because it has the, the the spiral wave disruptor lance. This is the one thing one thing that the Cardassians need is their own version of the the the, the lance ability. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, um, well, this is great for a faction that we're never going to see as its own faction. <laughs> Indeed. So yeah, we might um, we're, uh, we might get a we might get a Gamma Quadrant update, but I can guarantee you we're not going to get a a Cardassian race or a Dominion race because all that all that shit's already out there. Well, Og of Skish says they should have put the old tier five ones um, with the mirror universe ships. Well, see, that's the thing. Why retire the box when you can still put it into the the the, the you know the tier five thing? Because as far as I remember, the mirror universe stuff was under, uh, you know, may- maybe I'm misremembering it, but I thought there were three different types of drops from the box for ships. Thing is, I do wonder whether or not it wasn't included because the more things you have, the less chance you get of what you want. So I'm wondering if it was just left out, so that way you've got a better chance of getting other things that are in the box. Well, well yeah, you know, that's, honestly, that's the I, thing. I mean, I'm sorry, son. Um, the the galore class and the T5 dreadnought and everything. They were in the Tier 5 Starship box. They were all in that one box. And the Keldon and the new Dreadnought are in the Tier 6 box. So it could have been left in the Tier 5 box where they were originally because they each box had a different drop rate. Because the moment you got the Tier 5 box, you could have the Galore class or the Decora or any one of those old T5 ships. And then still gotten the tier six box and gotten your Keldon or your Quas or anything like that. Um, and since they're going with this Infinity Lot box, obviously as time goes on, that that box is going to get larger and larger. Just for those ship boxes, those are going to get larger. But if this is the the file and rank that they're going to do, then I would expect when they do their next box on console, which I'm assuming at this rate is going to be something like Tal Shiar or Elanchi. We're going to see the Tier 5 Elanchi and Tal Shiar ships disappear in favor of their Tier 6 versions, when I don't think they necessarily need to. I think they could have both. You mean I might actually get a Tier 6 Adapted Destroyer? If they follow the current pattern. I mean, on console, they consolidated the Cardassian and old Dominion boxes into one box. So it's entirely possible the next console box will be a Tal Shiar Elanchi box if they were to follow the old pattern. And that's if they follow the old pattern. Mm. But yeah, it would be nice for to have some sort of way to get the older ones, but I suppose as I've said, if you've got the older boxes, then you've still got a chance. That. I wonder if the price of older lock boxes will start going up then. Possibly, but I don't see it be that big a thing. 
but as always, time will tell. Now, we've also had a Steam Runner bundle coming. Oh. Did you want to tell us a bit more about that, <laughs> Timberwolf? And see, the only reason I'm drooling is it, it reminds me so much of Star Trek Armada. You know, that was the first time I saw it besides Star Trek First Contact was that particular video game. And having them redo it as far as its model and textures and everything, I thought it was kind of cool that Thomas the Cat said he on uh, Twitter he did the update for me, which that was just like a nice little feather in the cap kind of thing. But people underestimate these old, old ships, and they can still do just as well as anything that just came out. They just don't have a starship trait or specialist seating. But it's a nice little escort. It really is. I, I'm flying one right now on my engineer, as a matter of fact. <laughs> yeah, the Steam Runner was one of the ships that I never did get, even though it wasn't an expensive thing from Steam. At the time, I didn't have the money for it. So, uh, I shall uh, have a look at maybe getting these ones in the coming months, if I can afford it. But you're happy with your Steam Runner, then? Oh, absolutely. I mean, what I'm saying, it's just... You have to get a little creative with some of the older ships, because they have some very weird bridge officer layouts and whatnot, but they can still do well in all the content, and right now I'm having fun with a hodgepodge build. Um, but yeah, it's just... I, I love it, and I love that old bundle because you got the tier one version as a starter ship, and it was a very good starter ship oh, with yeah. the Team Fortress console, which I mean, you can still be useful if you like that kind of gameplay. And then no, 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 no. <laughs> Team Fortress is the ability of the console. The console is a thing from Half Life, if I'm not mistaken. the The name of the console. What was it? Like, uh, Resonant Cascade. Cascade. Yeah. Yeah, I've always called it Team Fortress. Everybody Same. calls it the Team Fortress console, because that's that's the one thing that sticks in everybody's mind. Yeah. But it was just, you got this, the starter ship, and if you wanted it at endgame, you got the endgame version, and you got steam-powered gear for starter gear, and it's just a nice little pack, and I'm glad that now, finally, a lot more people can get it, because it was very convoluted to get it from Steam if you didn't play STO through Steam. Like, it was really terrible how to get to it. Now, one of the other things we've had released is a new roleplay blog, Conquests. So, this is where we have um, Stas. Um, he goes and visits the Lakari. It's uh, it's Satas. Okay. It's Gorntastic. Uh, the, the and little the, the, the little thing there in between the S and the T is meant to be kind of a half period. Basically, I thought it was a nice story. But at the end of it, the Gorn give the Lakari a ship. Oh, not just a ship. They give they give Kumarki, the, the lady who we've been interacting with the whole time. They, he, he he gives Kumarki advice more than anything and like invaluable advice yeah, yeah. it's definitely a good uh, a nice blog to read 
Um, I just caught up with this one and the previous one from, was it three weeks ago? Because I still hadn't had a chance to catch up on it. Um, so I just sort of quickly read both of them um, this evening. I honestly have to say having Satas laugh in this is amusing because at the point in which he starts laughing, Kumarki is acting so much like just a pissed off Orion. Yeah, <laughs> that's a truth. But at the same time, she's got that instant quick wit that Gorn kind of don't seem used to out of the Klingons. So he's so he's at one point he's laughing and at the other point he's like, "Good God, this girl is quick. I'm very glad you're this quick." <laughs> but yeah, I like the way it sort of ended about the reasons he was doing it. <laughs> sort of what he it doesn't also- say. Well, it also gave it also gave a nice callback to the path of twenty four oh nine lore. Yeah, like we started a whole war with the Federation just so we could prepare them for having the Undine show up, which we <laughs> already knew were there, and the Federation didn't believe us because they were debating it in committee. Yeah, well, you know how they like committees. Now, I didn't get a chance to read all of it, but. Uh, you were sort of talking in our own team chat about types of ship and things like that. Was that based on information that you'd seen from somewhere that some of these were conversations were coming from, or were you talking? We kind of, yeah, we're kind of not allowed to talk about that right now because redacted. Yeah. Um, but at this point, the conversation can still be. Why don't the Klingons have a tier six uh, carrier? Of course. I mean, yeah, yeah. The Romulans have one in a lockbox, but the Klingons still don't even have one. And the Klingons were the first to have carriers. And science, or science. I mean, it, you know, and and you know that we've had this debate over and over and over again. Question: Where's the tier five version of the not Enterprise that the Klingons got? Because I, 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 I didn't see that when they were giving it away free for that one weekend for the, the Enterprise C. Oh, yeah, you're talking about the Kamarang. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, that shit. Yep, the Kamarang. Uh, yeah, didn't see that, the that Tier 5 version. Five, that Tier 5 promotion, that Tier 5 weekend promotion did not come around while at the same time they were giving away the Tier 5 uh, the C, the Ambassador, for mm-hmm. for free for whatever promotion that was. And it was like, what the hell? Why didn't you give the Klingons that thing? Because, you know, that's that was the Klingon counterpart, supposedly. Well, okay, yeah. And at the same time, we, we you know, we, we have this conversation round and round and round and round, and it gets tiring. I know people, it gets tiring. At this point, I am totally okay. Totally 100% okay with the Federation getting a free Tier 5 carrier. As long as the Klingons get a free Tier 5 science ship. Because Dragon. Yeah. Yes. I gotta agree with that. Give give the Klingons a science vessel. I mean, they're not well known for science, but you know there's a Klingon out there going, man, I'll science the shit out of that. Give me a starship. Like, you know, show them a little bit of love on that. Yeah, but uh, see, that's the thing. We, you know... 
the devs go on and on and on as, as you know, all we've seen is the Federation. All we, you know, what we know of the Klingons is rah, rah, warrior, la, 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 la. And, okay, yeah. Every time we've seen science or, or legal studies in the Klingon Empire, those people in those professions go, yeah, our society totally couldn't exist without these jobs, even though we're looked down upon. Mm-hmm. So... There has to be, at some point, a Klingon science ship. I mean, hell, I've got the perfect one, and I'm probably mispronouncing it, but, you know, since I'm staring at my Steam Runner, I'm going to use my reference from Star Trek Armada, the Feklar. The Feklar was the Klingon science um, experimental ship in that game. Um... And because they were scientists, you could kind of get the idea it was a dishonored job to be on that ship, but it had special science abilities and everything. And, I mean, that'd be the perfect one to pull from. Backlar would be the perfect well, one. And, and, well, and, well, there you go. There you go. It's it's also kind of the perfect reference to to the job placement of being science, because wasn't Feklar supposed to be the god of Klingon hell? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, okay, I'm in this hell job because everybody looks down on me, but I'm going to kick ass being the god of hell. Yeah. And the same thing goes for the Romulan counterpart. The Romulan counterpart was called the Shadow Class because it had one of its special weapons in that game was a phase cloak. So it was just, you know, they, there were counterparts they could have pulled it from just from that game as ideas. That's why I'm saying, you know, I don't play Klingon that much, but I know there are Klingons out, Klingon players that would love a science ship. And there's your perfect idea right there is bring back the old ideas that we saw for science. That Romulan ship, is that the one that's in school as a, a shuttlecraft? Um, no, it had... Gig. Um, no, 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 no. The commander's gig, the commander's gig we saw in the next generation. It was, um... The a shuttlecraft with a phasing cloak. It was Jarok's shuttlecraft when he was abandoning the the Tal Shiar to give Picard of the Federation that I don't want us to start another war thing and defect it. The yep. base of Narendra Three uh, in the episode is the defector, a favorite mm -hmm, of mine. Mm -hmm. But there's a second skin of the ship, which is the right, ship. which was a ship that was also saw uh, seen in TNG as a science vessel, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ro and Jordy do the whole we go invisible and go through everything except the deck. Yeah, it's what made um, the storyline for the Pegasus when the Oberth had the phase cloak. Yeah. That's what it led up to. But it, that was one of the special weapons on the Shadow class, and it had um, a type of sensor wave that made you think your allies were your enemies and all this. But there's examples, you know, even though they're not well-known to show off a lot of science or engineering or the Klingons are definitely not well known for showing off science other video games have gone out of their way to make for sure there was a balance and I, I think they, sh they should be able to do it I'm, I'm hopeful they're going to be able to do it just because I, I can see someone like Dragon pulling out the Feklar and sciencing the hell out of something science <laughs> now, see, there I, he I is do I do, I do have, I do have one other thing to add to this. 
Um, because the, the, the cryptic devs mentioned way back when, during the Delta Rising thing, that they had gotten into the process of making all of their ships playable, even though they were NPC ships. My question now is, when are we going to see the D9 battlecruiser that we sh- that shows up during the um, the the Doomsday Machine PVEQ at the the station? Is that the same one that shows up in one of the Agents of Yesterday episodes? Possibly. It's it's possibly the one. That, it's possibly one of the ones that shows up at the uh, end of the <laughs> it- tutorial. It kind of looks like an original series version of a Negvar, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know. I know yeah. the beast you're talking about. That thing's pretty cool. And where's where's the toss to the Deradex? Because oh, seeing, seeing that thing, seeing that thing in the core of the matter, was amazing. Hell yeah. I mean, you've got your Romulan D seven floating around, and there's still quite a bit of. You know, hey, if the Klingons are still using D7 variants, why can't the Romulans be using theirs? But still, having that that toss tossed up the Deradex would be amazing because <laughs> it's got the Talis nacelles and it's got the de- like kind of retro Deradex wings, and then it's just got this <laughs> huge visor. Heck yeah! I mean, hell, they even have the. The 23rd century Gorn ship, like, even the Gorn ships you could bring out at this point. But yeah, it makes me wonder, are they still making their ships, like, player-compatible while they're, while they're solely NPC ships? Because that was one of those things that, you know, that was talked about between the devs and podcasters for uh, Delta Rising. Like we're making all of the new, we're making all of these new ships, but we're also making them, you know, we're also making player variants of them, even though they're NPC ships. I don't know. We'll have to see. Which is kind of why we got the Malon Battlecruiser. <laughs> it brings in the idea of a 23rd century lockbox showing up at some point, but then oh please, what, please yes. What other kind of stuff could you throw into it? Because all the weapons are going to be available with the. Um, the K thirteen showing up, and well, you still got Tholians for starters. Twenty third century Tholian ships and Tetrion weaponry. Um, uh-huh. Just as plus, just as a starter for that. Yeah, plus, they can always the do something with different mods as well for the weapons. So, didn't the Tholians pretty much have the same type of ship throughout? Just just colored different. I'd understood that they went back and they'd made a new old-style Tholian ship uh, a couple of weeks after Agents of Yesterday went live, but I haven't replayed it myself to have a look at the thing. Yeah, because if you go back to the original series television show, they just had one, and it was very similar to, I guess, the Mesh Weaver. 20th century mesh weaver. Yeah, yeah, it was just a a funky triangle. But it was, but it was, yeah. The the whole thing was, it was, it was kind of a weird Trek version that that Spielberg later was inspired by for Flight of the Navigator. Because it was, it wasn't, it wasn't that it was, it wasn't that it was blue and yellow and all that kind of stuff. It was just this silvery triangle thing. Uh, just you could start with there. There is 23rd century mirror universe that you could pull from. Um, 
one thing you it can will- do is maybe they found a way to retro retro engineer the doomsday machine weapon as a lance or something i don't know well it's it's also possible that this would be a second or third temporal lockbox and that mm-hmm. each one of these you know these ships would be temporal ships you know and and at the same time th- the weaponry to come out of the box may be know the the early versions of your your uh temporal uh you know like relativity pistols and stuff like that like 23rd century versions of of temporal tech yeah i mean that that definitely work i mean and they could technically even bring back modified versions of older because you know people have been making the argument to see things from right before the original series or Things like that. There, 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 there you go, Alex. There, there's your fuel for the the whole the, a whole another immersion rant. Just, just right there. Twenty <laughs> third century doomsday anti proton lance. Yeah, and it's a universal console, so it fits on any ship. Puts a button on your bridge that says "They're dead, Captain." Pretty much. I, I, you know, I. Stepping aside from that, I have finally played like all of the yesterday's war slash rest of the future proof stuff. Hmm. Alex in chat saying I'm waiting for the tier six NX class. Yeah, I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> Which, quite honestly, if you're going to do that, I want the Intrepid and the NX Delta, the little triangle ship, as T5s. Well, I was going to say, Tier 6 NX class, isn't that just another Defiance? Because the Defiance was an NX. Yeah, but he's going He's going for Star Trek Enterprise. He, he wants to I know he is, I know back. he is. I'm just being pedantic. <laughs> no, 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 wait, wait. Stop trolling midnight. <laughs> the Tier 6 HMS Enterprise. Oh, God. <laughs> and it's and and everybody who gets one, and everybody who gets one because it's got the broadsider ability on it, is going to call it the USS Yamato. <laughs> I guess they just need to alter the artwork of the, the Ryzen cruise liner thing for that, then. Is it bad that I thought about that and I realized, no, we can just make the Tier 6 Ryzen luxury cruiser the HMS Enterprise, because it's kind of the same thing? <laughs> It's just kind of the 24th century equivalent of it. No, because I still can't get it. Well, neither can I. <laughs> I don't have either one of the Rising ships. That's why I want them to come back. Is, is it is it wrong that when I think of actually having a, a space HMS Enterprise, I kind of think of the Futurama version of the Titanic 2? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I didn't see any release notes for this week. Um, did anybody else see any at all? All I saw was them updating the lockbox. I think that's the only thing they really were concerned about this particular week. Okay. Well, we've got the patch notes from last week, because, of course, we weren't on air. So, one of the things that grabbed my attention straight away were the transporters that are now on Nimbus. So, yeah. No more running for ages. So, yeah. I took the opportunity to go and find them all myself. 
and it doesn't trigger a mission in your journal but once you get them all you get a little accolade and you get a little bit of dilithium it's not much but it's just a sort of yeah you found this have an accolade and have 60 dilithium for it so it's it's worth doing just for the banter wait what what's what's the what does this finding the transporters on nimbus oh okay yeah it's similar to finding the transporters on euromulus yeah so at some point i'll actually remember to uh, go and have a look you know this removes the argument that we should have an argo on nimbus because every dev is going to go why do you want an argo you've got the transporters just use the transporters it was cheap, it was easy, we didn't have to build a cane mechanic and a model for it. Just use the transporters. I guarantee you that's going to be the dev argument. Uh, it's true, unfortunately. But yeah, it would be nice to see those vehicles in-game. But uh... Could you... I mean, we've had this discussion before too. Could you imagine a Klingon motorcycle with the skulls and the spikes and everything? <laughs> yes. I mean, that really would be a Targ hog. Anybody else thinking of Ghost Rider at all? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I like it. Guys, I've also got that fresh in my head because uh, I just finished watching the second episode of the new Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, although he doesn't turn in that one. But... And I, I guarantee somebody's going out there going, but but what about the Romulans? What what would the Romulans have? Uh, honestly, I think the Romulans would be clever enough to have something similar to the um, the the personal speeder bike that Anakin Skywalker was using in the second prequel film when he goes looking for his mother. But yeah, um, next riser, I'd like, as I've said before, even to the devs have another island just a little bit further away that you got to travel to, even transport to, and yeah, you get into vehicles and you have a sort of a drag race and all that island is is a place that you can have a, this drag race with some sort of ground vehicles <laughs> be so That cool. would be kind of cool <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I, You know, honestly, I would I would also like to see an expansion to New Romulus, or, or, or New Romulus Command yeah, you know, or having even a, see the having underground. A visitors, having a visitor section for the Reman Pavilion, yeah. Having yeah. a having a command section for the Remans that isn't like so god awfully bright like the Romulan version, yeah. It's bright in here. Just any kind of progress in New Romulus whatsoever. What guys? It's been three years, and come on, your colony world's still just like. A couple of boxes in the middle of a, wait a field. Minute, wait a minute. There's 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 a uh, there's a whole dev explanation for that. It's three years, and in those three years, the entire well, no, no, not even then. It's been a year in game for New Romulus, and oh, even yes, then, and even then, during that initial colonization effort, the entire planet was almost destroyed because Iconians. Oh yeah. yes, when the Alachi came along and tried to. Eat them. Yes, yeah, so they're that. still rebuilding. So they're just rebuilding what they had in the first place. Death explanations. So they're rebuilding job the rebuild. Security. <laughs> yeah, so they're yeah, bo- job security. <laughs> their big pile of boxes fell over, and now they're just piling them all back up again. 
but yeah, it would be nice to see more stuff for the Remans. I mean, um, and you know, at this at this point, we've also had the the um that blog that was talking about the destruction of New Romulus and all that crap that was going on because of the Iconian Alachi invasiony thing. We had this whole hint of some kind of alpha species on New Romulus that was some kind of huge carnivorous beast that nobody had ever seen before, and yet here it was coming out of the woodwork during this invasion and killing everything. And we've had zero follow-up to that. Um, isn't it a pet now from the Lobi store? I don't think so. Flying, floating ghost thing. I don't know the name of it. No, no, no. That that was just to make people blow their zen and lobby. Um, no, it, it, this is kind of like the um, oh, those dog-looking things that are by the second Romulus reputation mission, and by the e and, and not far from the Epo fields. Because ah, we yes. kind of had like those those big cat dog things while we were investigating the. Um, the planet, you know, as a Romulan, you investigate, you know, Dewa before it becomes New Romulus. And there's like these big cat dog creatures. But during that whole classification, it's like, look, they they look aggressive. They might even be somewhat aggressive. But the moment you start firing at them, they're going to turn t- tail and run. Yet here was this alpha species that was clawing and mauling everything in its path. Not just Romulan. I still want one for a pet. Well, of course you do, Mr. Klingon. So, there have also been several other updates. So they're just sort of resolving several issues, typos, um, uniform fixes, things like that. One thing that I actually liked was they added the security officer to new Romulus command. But they did not have it. I never noticed... Just because you went up to the console to get your your um, little things. For a while, the uh, console where you, you got your bridge officers and all that kind of stuff, because they didn't have one of those either, uh, had a had the um, security contact in it. It was for a very short period, because I remember it being there one week, and then it wasn't there the next, and it was like, what? So, uh, known issues... The TOS Gorn outfit does not unlock once completing the episode Battle of Caleb 4, which is still ongoing. And on Gorning. Tier, and the Fleet Tier 5 upgrade Aquarius cannot equip the enhanced inertial dampener field. So, um, and yeah, they're the same known issues that were released on Thursdays release notes as well about the Infinity Lockbox. Of course, both those links will be in our show notes. Now, Star Trek Online on console. Kelvin Timeline Lockbox was announced. Now, did you guys notice anything different between the lockbox that we saw for PC to the actual consoles? Because I didn't notice anything that was Honestly, I wasn't different. paying attention. <laughs> At least he was honest. So, um, so yeah, it looks to be the same. And um, so, yeah, it looks like they're sort of catching up lockbox-wise um, with the PC uh, gradually. 
So don't know if they will get the Infinity Lockbox and what that will contain. But, um, but yeah, for now, the Kelvin Lockbox. I'm not sure, is that now out? Yes, that's been out for about a week or so on console. It has, right. I know it got announced, but I didn't, I didn't see a date there. Yeah, uh, the last I heard, the Constitution was going for about 100 mil on the console exchange, and keys were still going for about a mil. Yeah. I don't know if Timberwolf can corroborate that. Yeah, the lowest price I saw in the past week was um, PlayStation 4 keys were going for about 1.2 million. They really haven't gone out that much. So yeah, if you'd like to take a look at those for those of you who are new and new to the console it's your chance to get the Kelvin Timeline Enterprise uh I have a question for you console players is does the console version have a low buy store yes I think okay cause cause if it does and then it, or if it didn't then these outfits would be in the box whereas they're not as in they're in our low buy store now something else that has been announced for the consoles is the tier 6 dreadnought bundle release so um these are the Yamato class um I think what the other ones are called now um there's the, the Colossus class. destroyer the Kara class Romulan Dreadnought as well. Each of them equipped with faction-specific lance weapons, if I recall correctly. Wait, wait, Dragon, where did you get Colossus from? I was told Colossi. it was Colossi. As in, like, Goloss? Yeah, one of yeah, those it's, sort of Yeah, it's, it's, it's Colossi. I just, I was wondering where you got Colossus from, because that's what you said. Because it's a big, badass ship that I still want. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. It was technically the first ship to have, have any sort of, like, lance weapon on it. Well, yeah, for the other factions. Cause yeah, the bleeding feds and, and their... Yeah, the bleeding feds and their, their favoritism got a lance weapon long before any of the other factions. Well, it was cannon. <laughs> I'll bet my cannon's bigger than yours. We're not going there. <laughs> Plus, you said you wouldn't tell. <laughs> well, I, I have to keep people on their toes, you know. Now, release notes for the consoles. Um, these ones were dated October 6th. They've made some updates that have stopped a lot of the jumping and improved the pitch control in space. So that should be a bit smoother now. Um, they've also resolved some issues with sort of some map crashes and some other items there. Um, wait, 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 also... wait. Ships can jump in space? I think it's like jumping probably as in lag, maybe. Has your ship never, like, jumped and jumped and jumped until you've been out of the map and then the whole screen just turns white before? Or has that yep. only happened to me? That's happened to me too. Not for uh, a long time, but yes, it has happened. Yep. <laughs> not, not, with, not without the, um, not without the, uh, the, um, 
pilot ship? Oh, what is it? it? No, 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 not the pilot ship. The uh, the Dyson ship. The Dyson ship's uh, quantum singularity jump thing. But that's getting me laterally outside the map. Oh, the uh, trajector core thing that makes you mm-hmm. boom six light years ahead. Yeah. Except now it's like 12, right? Oh, don't deliberately park next to the sector block wall and hit the drive. That's that's not my doing. I left the sector like, uh, what was it? Old Drazana was right near the bottom of the old sector blocks. And my ship was turned in the wrong direction. And here I am piloting to a new location. And I hit the button thinking I pointed in the other direction than I am. And there I am outside the map. And I'm like, holy crap. This is like that time that I found how you could get out of Earth Space Dock on the old Earth Space Dock. <laughs> like, I was just staring out a window, and then I got beamed into a PVQ, and when I beamed back in, suddenly I was outside Earth Space Dock. Better get that environmental suit on. So, um, so yeah, they are available from the... I know, they might lost where I was. Are you okay, Midnight? Do we need to reboot you? <laughs> uh, not quite yet. Um, yeah, it's closing down the window for the ships, which we just talked about. <laughs> and you closed oh, everything. You, okay, here's a, okay. were you guys talking about the whole Romulan ship thing, where if there's two Romulan ships in close proximity to each other on a, on a warp end, that they shove each other up all the way oh, to that- the top of the map? What, like some kind of singularity core, like putting two poles is, is of a magnet next to each other? Is that what you were talking about by jumping? Is that what they're talking about by jumping? Because that don't still know. happens all the time. And not just with Romulan ships. No, that happens with all ships. I notice it most prominently with Romulan ships because Romulan ships tend tend to be a lot more wide. So so that generally happens because of the width of the ship. Fat ship syndrome. FSS. Yeah, but what faction? Oh, the Ferengi, duh. Now, they've also made some small updates to the UI throughout the start menus and the character creation to make some information clearer. And there's been a whole heap of other little items that have been fixed and added Quality of life issues! Yeah. So, um, yeah, if you'd like to take a look, um, the link will be in our show notes. You remember Um, how two weeks ago we were talking about the, um, the, uh, what was it, the account bank thing? Yeah. Turns out that that was actually a mispublication on the console ver- or on the PC version because it was supposed to be in the console news. Ah, okay. Well, that makes a bit more sense why it got released. Makes considerably more sense. So now, console users, you can buy yourself an account bank so you can transfer your goods easily to and from each of your tunes. And it's if you're like- midnight, you've got like a million of them. That Not whole that weekend, we just—I just kept staring at that thing, that that little piece of news in the PC, and like Monday rolls around and it's disappeared, and I'm like, "What? What? Let me go check console." Oh, there it is. <laughs> so I think it they was. Also, so it was misadvertising. They also fixed the uh, 
the old faction switcheroo thing that they accidentally did that made Federation characters think they were Klingons. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> now the known Oops. the known issues are um, that Cassie Cassie and Cassie Cassie two has um, FPS issue. Um, some maps have a low lighting issue, and some highlight arrows in the UI get slightly cut off, such as with specializations. So they're the known problems with the consoles. Um, if you're in game this weekend for consoles, you've got 20% off ships, and you've also got a bonus mark weekend going on. So. Got some time this and remember, weekend. just like on the PC version, the new ship release is not included in the ship sale. No. But then technically all ships for the console are new, aren't they? Uh, I'm just not going to say anything. <clears throat> so, on to Star Trek timelines. So, this weekend... Did they you... have another mistake? Because I'm looking at a from the CEO letter thing in our show notes. Oh, I keep finding emails saying um, because of this thing that's happened, have some more chronotons. Yeah. At this point, I'm glad my my tablet won't let me play this game <laughs> because I'm probably I'm probably sure I'd be pretty much furious. Could I tell you all about the problem that I had with my ranking from one of the arenas? All of a sudden, my captain one went from being in the top 15%. So I could get the most of the Dyrodex. Um Yeah, I suddenly went from being top 15% to unranked. I'm like, huh? So I contacted them. And they go, oh yeah, if you don't play for seven days, you're automatically removed. Well, how... Yeah, it's just like, well, to help you get back up, here's 53 tokens that you can use. But of course, that means that each day I then don't have 10 more, because of course I haven't had time to use all 50 in one go. Not to mention that the, was it the bronze and the gold ranks, I haven't played them in a lot more than a week, because of course I had been just concentrating on the captain rank, the middle one, and... Uh, yeah, they're still exactly where I left them. So, yes, something's not quite working, but because I've been so busy working or just ill health, I haven't had time to get back to them going, well, if that's the case, why hasn't it happened on those other two arenas? That's one of those things. It's why I just barely play it nowadays, and it just ends up being a game I play during my lunch breaks because, I mean, um, personally, I think you're crazy for as many character slots as you have in the game midnight i really do because i've only got 35 like i think i upgraded maybe once when it comes to having crew and i just you're on the we're on the second run of their mirror universe run and it's just kind of like after the failure of the first one it's just kind of the game's gonna just become a a faded memory i play it just very rarely and I've played a demo for a new Star Trek uh, game that's coming out on uh, mobile devices. And after a little bit, I got bored with it too. And it's just, 
for some reason they cannot make good mobile games and I guess it's just a failing of the newer one the newer game designers they don't have enough I don't know creativity mm. uh, yeah these I've never been one for mobile gaming anyway so this is the first one that I really had and to begin with I was always just going for it with everything trying to get as high as I could but yeah there's nothing to really entice me and I sort of play but it's now got to the point over the last two three weeks that I just I just really haven't felt like doing it there's been days I've sort of loaded it up and then I've just gone nah and just quit the game <laughs> so um but yeah I just sort of go in and just check everything's okay and it's like okay Sort of, yeah. yep, that's my daily login quota sort of done. Just go and log out and do something else now. Oh, I haven't even done the I quotas. Can, I can I've actually, just gone, sod it. If I turn my tablet off and then turn it back on, and the first thing that I do on that tablet is try to load timelines, I can be in the game for a full three seconds before it crashes. And again, that's just a failing of the tablet OS because it's still sitting at 6.0 on Android. And the problem with the 6.0 thing was <laughs> it had a really it has a really hard time trying to do anything with a with a with an app that eats a lot of memory and it will continuously crash even though it's got the memory to run the program. Uh yeah, I'm just hoping they bring out something more to entice people cuz yeah, the thing is is they they used to do these uh Disruptor streams, but they ha- they haven't done those for a while now. But yeah, I just like something. They're, they're too busy putting out fires everywhere. Like their their what is it? The game their Game of Thrones game is having issues too. Oh really? But yeah, I've got three thousand and thirty eight chronotons at the moment. Is is it is it bad that that you know I. I look at I look at the stuff that's going on at timelines and I go, you know, all these Telltale games look pretty damn good by comparison. <laughs> like I have to pay for each episode of this game that's a storytelling experience with with choices here or there, but I'm actually it actually looks more like a better investment to go play all these Telltale games. <laughs> I suppose with me, I just because the main game that I've ever played really has always been Star Trek Online. I suppose I do compare it to there, and I know it won't have the same ability, but it's just there's so many more things you can do in something like Star Trek Online, but then you're not restricted to technology behind mobile phones, um, which of course is the issue that they have. But uh, yeah, but no, you'd mentioned about this uh, note from the lead game designer. Um, It says, Dear players, as the guy with overall responsibility for Star Trek timelines, I want to take a minute of your time to talk about timelines, where it is today, and where it's going in the future. You may have heard that we announced a new game today, The Walking Dead March to War. We're all super excited about this game. It's a favourite comic series of many of us. The art and stories are fantastic, and for the past few months, a small group at Disruptor Beam has been working hard to develop a great game based on a great comic. However, you might be wondering, 
That's awesome. I love The Walking Dead. But what does that mean for the future of Star Trek timelines? Short answer is nothing at all. We're still growing. We've assembled a new development team for March to War and our core programmers, designers, artists and producers on Star Trek timelines is being maintained. We're just getting started in the Star Trek universe and are developing years of content for you to play. That said, it doesn't mean that Star Trek timelines won't be evolving. We've always had a long-term vision for the game and today I'd like to share some of that vision with you. As a company, Disruptor Beam strives to satisfy the human desire for connection, though the power of shared story through the power of shared stories. As the lead game designer for Star Trek Timelines, I take my inspiration from Star Trek itself. In the 20 plus years Star Trek was without a TV series, the shared stories in books and comics and fan fiction brought passionate fans together with a hunger for more stories. As it evolves, Star Trek timelines will become less about collecting and building your crew and ships, more about using those crew and ships to influence small and large storylines in the game. Until now, you've been gathering strength and experience, and soon you'll be tasked with bringing that strength to bear. Years-long story arcs will be decided by how you play the game. Social interactions inside and outside of the game will harden alliances and hardened hearts. You'll bring factions to the brink of destruction and raise others to unimagined power. You captains will be part of the Star Trek pantheon, shaping the stories and galaxies which bring us together. Stories on the scope of the Dominion War, stories that only you can tell. Every employee at Disruptor Beam is here because we want to make amazing mobile games based on the very best stories in the world. I moved from a different country for a chance to build this game. On the Star Trek Timelines team, we're here because we love Star Trek. We love playing and developing Star Trek Timelines. And we can't wait to see where it takes the, where you take the galaxy you're helping us build. From time to time, I'll check back with updates on our vision of the game. But I promise you this, Star Trek Timelines has a long life ahead of it. And we're hoping you'll join us in our journey. Thanks so much for playing. Okay, where the hell is this kind of letter to the players for Star Trek Online? You mean a, a state of the game sort of letter that we didn't get this year? Usually around about the time of the anniversary, along with the infographic. Yeah, I mean, like, a little transparency we do get out of Star Trek Online. Yeah, this is the first year we haven't had anything on which we were told that it just had been forgotten about. Um, yeah, but, we forgot about opening our books to the IRS. I sorry about that. <laughs> well, doing this is not exactly the same as that. Yes, but you're you're talking about having a line of communication with your reason for existence. Your player base is your reason for your existence. Because without your player base, you don't exist. Well, at the time, they were planning to widen the community with all the consoles, so there's a lot of stuff going on there. So, yeah, I can see why this was missed, but, yeah, it is what it is at the end of the day, I suppose. 
Um, but as I said, there is a Blood and Circuses event on this weekend, so if you do play Timelines, if you want to go and get back in game. Okay, convention news. Well, <laughs> what little there is. Destination Star Trek Europe, it was in Birmingham in the UK um, last weekend, which was the 7th to the 9th. I didn't um, see a whole lot of information out of that either. No, they did break the world record for most people dressed in Star Trek uniforms again. So they broke their own record from four years ago. So, well, um, I mean, that's that's not that impressive. I mean, you can have that many people crammed on a tiny little island. I mean, it's no different from Japan. Well, it's impressive because, well, after we broke the record from the US the US then failed to do it so it's not that easy because <laughs> and yeah the US yeah, didn't the bother US with it again yeah the US is lazy <laughs> I mean I live in the US the US is lazy is that not right dragon under the advisement of my attorneys I cannot answer that question <laughs> I know CBS is lazy about it in the US so I can I can agree with that yeah <laughs> I mean, um, hell, at this point, we've had, like, entirely new convention rules on cosplay. But, yeah, one of the things that um, I did notice is there are a lot of people that I saw, because I was working at the weekend, um, I did see lots of people complaining. Getting a lot of feedback. Sunseal, your mic. Uh, what? I heard it as well. Uh, midnight, it sounded like a spatial tear was opening up behind you. <laughs> but it's gone now. But yeah, I was getting lots of people complaining about the event. Um, so I haven't had a chance to properly check things out or to talk to anyone yet. But, um, yeah, it seems to have gone okay, but it doesn't seem to have been anything spectacular, which is a shame, uh, because especially it being the 50th anniversary, of, I think William Shatner did more publicity for them while he was there than they had actually done since they announced the event several months back. Oh, God, some of these invention, uh, conventions are turning into cryptic. But, um, it's... Uh, I just... Reminder for everybody, it's like, what, 12 days before the new season 12.5 launch? Yeah, as Zombie would say, where's the hype train? But um, I think some of that is to do with rejig with some things going on at Perfect World who were responsible for um, the publicity. Because as we know, that Trendy's been promoted. Um, so she's dealing with lots of other things and multiple since... communities and multiple like assholes just trying to troll her yeah um but since then i have found that things have not been as forthcoming with regards to posts as we've had um, before then so whether or not that's got something to do with it i'm not too sure um but hopefully yeah they can get that sorted soon and we can hear more about um, the new update that's coming out. 
I mean, I feel a little bit neglected being a PC player because I'm seeing all the the console news saying stuff like you've got an event this weekend, uh, bonus marks, you've got sales. It's like, hey, where's the PCs sales and weekends and stuff? We've got an empty calendar. I logged into the game and had no calendar. <laughs> yeah, the event calendar is absolutely, positively, absolutely, brilliantly empty. No Dilithium weekends, no XP weekends, no Mark weekends, no nothing. I think it was last time we were on the air, we'd mentioned that there was a ship sale on the consoles. But then, since then, there hasn't been anything on the PC. Okay, now the rest of the now the rest of you fatty bears and all that can feel what it's like to be a Klingon wanting a science ship, or, or or just a Klingon or a Romulan just sitting around waiting for actual content for them. Oh, oh, and when it does come, they almost kill your leader, and then at the end of the mission, your leader is standing there, just brushing it off without even mentioning it. And it's like, what the hell happened? Oh, he just got poisoned. And you can tell from TNG that Klingons are very, very strong. They've got redundancies all over their bodies for all sorts of different things. So I'm not surprised that he just got that. Yeah, but what about the re-election of a high council that got vaporized by an Iconian that just showed up and decided, you know what? Boom, boom. See you guys later. You're just like gonna be dead now oh and they had their little sparring matches after everybody else left <laughs> it's like it's like how how are they how are the, the 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 great houses that were on the council still having the same members of the high council on chronos after they've been deadified you know and then there was that little um that slight small minor invasion of chronos fiasco that happened because the Iconians that didn't really get mentioned much at all. Gates of Grethor? The, the Fakiri? The, the demons of hell? No, um, the Heralds come along and kinda occupy the, the first city and you need to go and take them out and there's a named herald at the end of it which is different every time yes but see that's the thing they the that that invasion although i don't know why that invasion never got into the the great hall for some ungodly reason it's like oh we have portal we have portals that can go anywhere except we're going to be outside so you can fight us and not go into the great hall and kill everybody you know, this is what Alex talks about non-stop by villains that are just completely retarded in Stowe. Well, maybe Jim Pock was out at the time, you know? They're just like, yeah, let's go and invade right now. Oh, wait a minute. He's not at home. Okay, well, let's just... But then let's if they beamed straight into the Great Hall and killed everyone instantly, it would be a bit of a boring game. Not for the Klingons! Because the Klingons' whole thing would be, we're going to kill you for what you did, we are going to lay waste to your people, and the Federation would be like, but we've got the thing that will make them stop! Stop! Midnight, have you ever considered what happens at the very the, the end of the game, when the game is like destroyed once and for all? I imagine trying to log in, and just this big 
print up comes up on the screen and says, whilst you were away, the Borg assimilated you. The end. At this point, I, I actually said this in our chat as well. At this point, the only thing to make the Borg a viable threat is the return of V'ger. That's the only thing that will make the Borg a viable threat again. That or change their mechanics to where they actually have an adaptability in space, the way they do on ground. Well, well, we've never we've never really seen them have an adaptability in space in any of the canon. I don't believe they've they've always adapted to they've always adapted to getting through our defenses, not shielding themselves from our defense. They have a couple of times. There was at least one Voyager Voyager episode where they talked about reconfiguring their shield geometry to absorb the phaser pulses they were getting hit with and all that. I mean, when it comes to STO, they've got a great ground mechanic where you, they, if they adapt to your ground weapon, you have to remodulate your, your weapon systems. Just add that to the space combat. I mean, it'll piss people off, but it'll make it a little bit more challenging at least. Yeah, but you're still dealing, you're, you're still dealing with the only way to make, at this point, the Borg are nothing as villains. The Borg are absolutely nothing as villains. And that's even after starting to assimilate the Undine, for Christ's sakes. The Borg are absolutely nothing as villains. And the only way to make them viable again is V'ger to come back, and instead of Borg, we have thousands of Deckard units. That or let us play as Borg. Yeah, at the very least, as the cooperative or something. I want a sphere. <laughs> I, you know, I, I'm I'm not I'm not hung up about getting a blue a blue board cube slash sphere slash whatever. I want the thing that Hugh had. The thing that was reused in Voyager as a, a Borg probe. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Quite honestly, if we were to see another, I guess, Doomsday style enemy, I would go to one of the fan fictions out there and I'd bring in the Cyrnax from the virtual Voyager story series that they did that continued Star Trek Voyager and they find their way into a pocket universe where the Cyrnax are um, they're biological far beyond what the um, Undine are and they they have unique starships and weapons that you know, it t- what was it? The way to describe their hulls, it would take the entire armament of a sovereign class to blow up a scout ship from this race. Like they were that they had that strong of a hull and weapons that they could they could destroy planets and star systems. They could blow up a star with a ship mounted weapon. And their hulls were strong enough where it would take a small force just to blow up one battleship. So you'd have to send fleets out if they sent out just a small attack wing. Just come, hey, that come sounds like group. That sounds like grounds for a new good STF. I mean that that's to me that was to me the ultimate enemy, and we we introduced that in Star Trek Armada as a mod. Uh, me and a couple of friends, where it was just like the only way to beat them were special abilities because they would absorb your standard weapons. There was no way to beat them unless you just threw everything you had at them. But it would be a new challenge um, comparative to everything else. Just bring out something that's so foreign and unique that it's like, okay, we've got to get everything we got. We need those Klingon scientists. 
to come in and, and kick some butt because it's not working. Well, going back to conventions, um, yeah, as I said, Destination Star Trek for a lot of people seem to be a bit of a bust. Um, I think there's 26 or 27 guests that were there. In Aren't total. you glad you didn't go midnight? I still would have liked to go. To yeah, I would have liked to have went as well. But... There's a lot. There's still quite a few people that I know who did manage to attend. Who it would have been nice to meet up. Unfortunately, I did eventually get my press. Um, I did eventually get my press pass, which they told me about on. I think it was the Tuesday afternoon and it started on the Friday and it's just like I can't go now <laughs> I've got to work not to mention that now days before the convention the prices are so high as well it's just like sorry I can't help you cover your event <laughs> you left it a little bit late you told me you would notify me if I was able to get the press pass by the previous Friday, and they didn't. So, so yeah, it was a shame. Plus, not to mention the press pass is only worth for the Friday only, so you couldn't cover um, all of it because that was not guaranteed. And of course, you'd have to apply to get the Saturday and Sunday if you wanted it as a press pass. Um, which there was no guarantee for that either, and it's just, yeah, it was a big mess. The fact that they opened it up so late for press as well. Um, but never mind. But midnight, they forgot because they were working on stuff for the 50th. From what I heard, I don't think there's anything done for the 50th, to be honest. I'm, 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 I'm correlating this to cryptic. That's, that's what I'm doing. I'm I'm comparing bad marketing strategy to cryptic. Yeah, as I said, the marketing doesn't lie with cryptic. Anyways, moving along. Now I've got that song, Taramarine, or wherever it is, stuck in my head. Alamarine? Alamarine, yeah, because it just sounded... Move along mm. home. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Chap three. So, any other business... As always, we send out reminders regarding Mav and his medical recovery and, of course, his moving to actually get a new job. Um, he has given a couple of updates in the last couple of weeks. Um, the first one was nine days ago, where he put, with less than a week until I have to start my long country road trip to Ohio, from Ohio to Portland, I'm starting to worry about logistics. A good friend is flying out to ride co-pilot on the trip, but I'm still concerned. I thought my year of being sick and dealing with kidney disease was rough, but losing my family and home to eviction is testing my resolve. My girlfriend and kids depart for their new home without me on Monday. This weekend is final goodbyes and reflections of our past together. It's a very difficult time for me, and it's hard to stay on track. We have been finalising, closing and splitting assets as we go our separate ways. There really isn't much more to say or update on. Any support you donate is going to support me on my trip to my new home in Oregon. And there's another update three days ago where he says, Well, I got to send the rest of my family off today. 
It's been really hard to say goodbye, but we all have paths to follow. My departure from Ohio has been delayed about two weeks so far due to um, the necessary vehicle safety maintenance. Any help is appreciated. So, as always, if you are able to help even just a little bit, every little helps. Um, Av will be very appreciative of that. Okay, on to community feedback. The question that we put out to the community a couple of weeks ago um, from, from episode 237, um, we asked, what are your thoughts on the Star Trek Online Artifacts update coming out on October 25th? First of all, we had an email from Og of Skish. That says, hello hosts, Og of Skish here. I just wanted to clarify a few things I had mentioned in the chat room on the last episode when discussing the upcoming kit revamp because I think there's a bit of misunderstanding of what I was trying to say. I brought up the old kit that one of my characters had in their inventory because Sunseal had mentioned having one that used the same system and liking using it. I wanted to mention that I saw on Tribble. I, s I wanted to mention what I saw on Tribble so it wasn't a shock for her and other people who used the original kits when this goes live. The item on Tribble didn't appear to be buggy. It appeared to have been retired. Its text had been changed to this item is built using antiquated alliance technology. While its function is outdated, it may still fetch a fair amount of energy credits with vendors. There is no longer any information about what powers the kit used to contain. It has essentially become reduced to a very expensive commodity. This change doesn't surprise me at all, and I definitely agree with it. Allowing it to be equipped would essentially give a player 4 kit powers in addition to the 5 from the kit modules. I believe the reason they were left in game after the previous kit revamp is that the kit slots were built into the kit frames. So these legacy kit frames just had no slots at all. I think that the way these could have remained in the game would be if equipping them disabled the kit module slots. And that would probably have been more work than simply removing them from the game. Keep up the great work guys. Honestly, I'm going to keep the ones that I have because, yeah, nostalgia. There's a reason I still have like 400 anniversary cumendations sitting in my bank slot. Uh, Personal museum. Exactly. You know, it's it's it, yeah. You know, I've I've said this before. When they started changing all the currencies, it's like, good. You're going to sell bank slots now solely, solely on the fact that there are people who are going to want to keep those 20. 13 2014 summer winter event tokens and then now every year after since we're getting a new version of the token there's going to be somebody who squirrels away one or two of them on reddit we had sub commander kanara who says very good interviews i missed that this one was coming up and i definitely would have asked some questions but pretty much all of them got asked by others I'm glad you're enjoying the interviews. Um, we were due to talk to Captain Gecko this week, but um, jobs that he's got on 
um, at the moment for Fridays has prevented him from joining us. I am trying to see about rearranging that. And of course, I will have um, the Arduce to have another interview in next week, I think it is. So just double checking my notes. And of course, I close down the sheet rather than going to the tab, which doesn't exactly. I'll go and find them. That's all right, I'm just bringing that up now. At this point, I'm having issues because you remember that temporal tear that occurred? <laughs> yeah, that's that's caused by me holding my push to talk key while I'm also in my browser window trying to type in our chat, in, in our in our uh, Twitch chat. And so I now no longer have the ability to type in our Twitch chat because hitting the random keys trying to type does all kinds of crazy stuff in my browser. Like, save as, open a new tab. Yeah. You have been censored. Now, of course, the interview that was being referred to is from episode 237 with Nick Dugid and Joe Jing. So they're the artists from Star Trek Online. And next week, we're due to talk to Jesse Heinig and Ryan Levitt from Star Trek Online. So um, I will put up a post um, for community questions nearer the time. So keep an eye on the Star Trek Online forums for that. But yeah, I'm glad you are enjoying the interviews. We also had some feedback from the Stove forums. Unseal, would you like to read through those? So Phenomenot01 says, Great interviews and another excellent podcast, even if my forum handle did get butchered. Yay! I don't know what you mean by that. <laughs> Phenomenauts one. That's yes. not that's not that's not what you said the first time. No 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 no. Let's all remember. Let's all remember the butchering that happened the first time. The first time that Midnight said it, he said it. It was pneumonia night. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say? I'm consistent when it comes to butchering names. <laughs> M-I-D night S-H Addo 7 Alex replied as he always does this week's episode was an experience I'm not so sure I can get through all of the feedback now since I promised I would talk about the quote but if I can't my next feedback will talk about communities communication and watching and learning from your uh your competition by the way, Stew Dog, when you talked about the artifacts announcement, or rather the Lucari's involvement, I pictured the Harrier and the brothers right in my head. That was funny. And then I thought, in Stow, the two planes would get into a dogfight and the Wrights would win because it's such an iconic plane. Yeah, that's probably true. The tier six Wright brothers plane. Okay, I once again traveled back in time. Not really and found out that I can't fit the communication into this week's feedback. Please don't say anything too controversial. Oh, who am I kidding? Don't hold back. Grab some popcorn, booze, tea, Earl Grey, hot, or whatever you enjoy, and enjoy the ride. But first things first. I'm having to use the, the little the scroll bar because I can't scroll because it starts changing to... <laughs> The default size of what I'm reading. 
I keep forgetting this, and suddenly the page booms out to 200%, and it's like, <gasps> So, so give me, give me a little bit of time. Technical funsies. <laughs> this is this is what happens when you start creating special uh, spatial tears while you're using a web browser. <laughs> Have you Community. ever put a mirror in front of yourself and behind yourself and looked into the mirror in front of yourself? Yeah, I've yeah, done do that, that quite a few times as a child, yes. It's a very Romulan thing to do. Community question. Well, I already talked about in my last feedback, but Cryptic was very clear on how season 11.5 New Dawn was supposed to be about rebuilding and going back to being explorers and diplomats. Fool me once, Cryptic. Fool me once. Factions and expansions. Remember how I mentioned that one particular quote? Since y'all want to remind us, the Federation faction will be, or the Federation toss faction will be as much a faction as the Romulans. That was that. That was the quote. Being very worthy of praise. Well, let's start at the beginning. So Captain Gecko was talking to a certain other podcast about the then upcoming expansion, Agents of Yesterday. He stated the interview saying how they were struggling with calling the toss feds a faction. That seemed to confuse one of the hosts, which is entirely understandable, because what is that even supposed to mean? Is it a faction or not? Yes or no? Or come up with a different word? Anyway, she started her next qu uh, question calling the Toss Feds a quote-unquote faction, semi-faction, pseudo-faction, which caused Gecko to interrupt and clarify what he meant. See? A dev clarifying some very vague and possibly confusing, uh, confusing marketing talk thingy. That's great. We need more of that. Yay for Gecko. And then he proceeded to say that the marketing had some concerns about connotations of the word faction. But that the Toss Feds were at least as much of a faction as the Romulans. And even then, I, even back then, I knew those words meant trouble. Well, obviously, I didn't know, but I had a bad feeling about it. Wrong franchise, I know. Okay, so we got the basic context, and the interview went on for a while, and he mentioned the Toss Feds would get their own social hub and sector space, but let's get to the issue at hand. What is a faction? At launch, we had two factions, Feds and KDF. The Fed was supposed to be a different view of things. I seem to remember hearing about two full factions, but closer to the launch, the, uh, uh, closer to the launch, the KDF was announced as a PvP-only faction. Let's say the not yet KDF players were not exactly happy about that. Still, the Feds and KDF had their own exclusive social hubs, some exclusive playable species, and their own exclusive ships, even their own exclusive types of ships. Only the KDF had carriers, only the Feds had science vessels, and it was not the only difference, but apparently the most important one. I won't go into detail when it comes to PvP, because honestly, I don't care about PvP. Sorry. You're not the only one, Alex. It's difficult sometimes. Now, let's look at the Romulans. They have their own exclusive social hub, the command center on New Romulus, and the flotilla. They have their own exclusive ships, and they get access to some of their respective allies' ships. Guess what? Those allies still have their own exclusive ships. Not many as before, but still. 
The Romulan ships even have a very unique exclusive mechanic, the Singularity Core. And last, but not least, they actually do have exclusive playable species. Now, there was some backlash since they had to choose an ally and they weren't a true third faction because Cryptic didn't want to divide the player base further than Red versus Blue. Again, that backlash back then might have been softened or might have happened way before launch if Cryptic had communicated that properly, but oh well. And since Legacy of Romulus, all three factions get to level somewhere between 20 or 30. I know that's vague, but the faction agnostic Nimbus Adventure Zone happens somewhere in that leveling range, doing faction-specific content, which helps establish their respective identities. Now, let's look at the Toss Feds. An exclusive social hub. Well, look at that thing. Sun affectionately calls the Cute Shroom. And even their own exclusive sector block? Wow, that's amazing! Battle of Caleb 4 happens. Oops, never mind! See, if I gave you one million dollars, or is, is that the symbol for the euro? Yep. Okay, if I gave you a million dollars, or a million euros, or whatever currency you're using, you would be a millionaire. Now imagine a week after that had passed, I took that money away from you. Yes, in real life. That's where legal battles start, but this is a very simplified example, so go with me. Would you still be a millionaire? No, you wouldn't. Exclusive ships. The starter ship. Uh, that's cute. They share every other ship with the real feds. Exclusive story that establishes your identity in a faction. Five missions. Afterwards, you do the exact same thing as every other true federation does. Exclusive species. Uh, I haven't tried it because Endorians and Tellarites. Shrug. But isn't the battle for Caleb 4 supposed to unlock those customization options for real feds? But even if it didn't, different customization options for the same playable species is stretching the definition of exclusive playable species, in my opinion. So, would it have been feasible to expect a story arc that takes the Toss feds to level 20, 25, 30? Probably not. Would it have been feasible to have a bunch of Toss exclusive ships? Well, if they got as few or as many as the Romulans, maybe. Would it have been a good idea to split the player base even further by giving the Toss feds their own social hub when so many other social hubs, like Vulcan, Andoria, and presumably Rapinthe, like the Captain's Table, are barren wastelands? Probably not. But at the same time, there's nothing that makes them a faction. They're not even a half-faction like the Romulans. They are literally a different starting experience for the Federation. It's even possible to call it an extended hostile tutorial for Feds. Calling Romulans a faction caused some backlash. The Cryptic might have learned from that when Gecko said they struggled with calling Toss Feds a faction. Seems like I gave them too much credit. I have a bunch of issues with their marketing, but just this once, Cryptic should have listened, and that was a painful thing to say. What is an expansion? During that particular interview, Captain Gecko said that an expansion was larger in scope than a season. There are more. There's more content, and there's usually something big. That can mean a new faction, like the Romulans, or something big for the in-game crowd, like a level cap increase. You know... Making a bullet point list does not help really help anyone, so can we just agree that Legacy of Romulus 
had a whole lot of story content, even though it was faction exclusive, so that feds might have gotten very little out of it. Delta Rising had less story content than Legacy of Romulus, but was faction agnostic this time around. But the whole, but a whole bunch of new systems, a new sector block, and new species, and so many voice actors. Agents of Yesterday has about as much content as Delta Rising. If you ignore the patrol missions and the Kabali zone, like Cryptic seemed to do for some reason, although they were the ones trying to sell this stuff as story content in the first place, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, but I seem to have issues figuring out where the rest of all of those man hours went. Shrug. If someone And if someone doesn't quite know what the term man hours means, I'm sure Midnight can explain. Would, would you... Would, would you like to step in, Midnight? Or are you doing stuffs? I'm gonna assume he's doing stuffs. Yes, he must be busy with something. So... Zombie replied, Hi Alex, your feedback is always appreciated, and I want to take a moment to respond and comment to your post and some other things. I'm doing this because Zombie isn't here, man. I will not be on the show this week because of a daughter's birthday. Well, it turns out we didn't have a show for that week anyway. Community question. My thoughts are simple. He hasn't given uh, us an excuse for this week. Bad Zombie. <laughs> he did. He did. Did he? He did. Yes. You read up, scroll up in our chat past all of the 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 talky talky stuff, and you'll you'll come across it. He gave us another explanation. That's okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll take I'll take your word for it. I'm more than happy to fight his corner about the the non-existent the, the the hype train that's got the cloaking device. Community question. My thoughts are simple at the moment. Where's the hype train? I mean, we have 18 days till it's released, and the only official word is that. On what's coming is that K13 will be a fleet holding, and the PC will f receive the console lighting update. And that new story arc will be started with the Lakari. What we know of K13 is that there will, that will be getting tossed theme stuff. This is, you know, this is good that we have a general understanding of what K13 means to the game, and further details are coming. I'm okay with this. But this new story arc, what do we know? We escort the Lakari to explore an alien world. They learn things. It starts a story arc that lasts till next year. If 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 that is all we're getting, then this is a pretty light expansion, or even season. It's barely more than an update. As for story, what about the current story arc? As is is this going to be brought to an end, or are we dropping it? Neither makes sense for the buildup we've had so far. So I don't know. All of this could be handled with a with a proper hype train, but since they announced that update, that the next update is coming October the 25th, they have said nothing about it. Absolutely nothing. Why? This could be going back to Perfect World controlling Cryptic and saying, yeah, you can't tell your player base anything until we tell you to. Or, or Perfect World just not giving a crap. What is a faction? Well, pretty much what you said, Alex. And that does a good job of pointing out why Fed Toss are not as much of a faction as Romulans. Looking at the Fed Toss, yeah, those social hubs are gone after five missions. It, uh, Those social hubs gone after five missions is way less than the two hubs the Romulans get to keep. And the exclusive ships and the story species are just laughable. 
So, would it have been feasible to expect a story arc that takes the toss feds to level 20, 25, 30? Probably not. Yes, it would be reasonable to expect that. At least level 20, if not all the way to 30. Would it have been feasible to have a bunch of toss exclusive ships? This is this is this is zombie replying to the points that Alex made. So I'm going to chop yeah. off Alex's answer. Would it have been feasible to have a, a bunch of tossed exclusive ships? Yes, at least once per tier. More would have been better, like one per career path per tier, but at least one per tier. You know, kind of like the Romulans. Oh, and not having those one per tier ships locked behind a $100 bundle. Uh, anybody remember the temporal box? The temporal bundle thing? Yeah, those are all the those are all your toss-fed ships. Yep. Which are I, 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 I can't believe we we keep having this conversation between everybody else and I I try to bring this up and I keep forgetting about it and then I try to bring it up and I keep forgetting about it again. Guys the they locked the faction specific ships behind a one hundred and sixty dollar ship bundle and then had the audacity to say, Well it's a fed bundle. <laughs> You're kidding me! And it seems like they could have brought out a sort of a light version of these ships to be released every ten levels or so, but then, well, well not they even punted well, you to well, present yeah, day. They could have they could have just the versions of those ships and not have the temporal mechanic on them. Yeah. You could have a Daedalus class or a whatever the other ones were, the the TOS for Niseld beastie. Yeah, I mean, you could have non-temporal versions of these temporal ships, like with the temporal mechanic taken off of them, the 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 what is that temporal reconfiguration thing yanked off of them and just have them as as a temporal retrofit ship up until you get into the temporal agent ships in which case they're just different looking whales ships which is pretty the much what the mechanics. 31st century ships are they're just different looking takes on the whales class the chronos and the robbers would it have been a good idea to split the player base even further by giving the toss feds their own social hub when so many other social hubs are barren wastelands? No, and that's why they're making them part of the feds after completing the initial story arc. Forcing them to join the feds is not unlike forcing the Romulans to choose Cadia for fed as their story arc. They still got Romulan ex exclusive story arcs after choosing the faction, so we know they can do it. They chose not to. What is an expansion? If Agents of Yesterday was supposed to be larger in scope than the season, I don't see it. Ten missions. The ten missions you got really was only five missions unless you made a toss-fed character. Not bigger than a, se not bigger than a se season's usual five to ten missions. No new species. No fleet holding. Uh... Oh, wait. The skill revamp, right? Oh, that came out with a season 11.5. 11.5. In that season, we got uh, the visual ship slot, the strat uh, strategic specula specialization, the Romulan Admiralty campaign, 
and the featured episode Temporal Front. So, there was no systems overhaul or new, uh, new systems implemented. So what was the big thing? It was just a whole bunch of crap that they created for uh, a one-off, essentially. Including a whole bunch of Toss-themed not-Federation ships. Because if you remember, the Klingons, the Klingons have, the Klingons have two new ships in in the the Toss content in um, in the in-game mission uh, for the the station. There's the D5 uh, Raptor. Yes, and, and the then, the old school Nekvar that we were talking about earlier. And then the D9 Battlecruiser. Yeah. Uh, the the Romulans just get a reskin D7 that's got the little bird emblem on the bottom of it. <laughs> the only thing new for the Romulans is that Derodex-looking toss ship. But still, yes, it, takes them, it takes them from concept to building. Uh, this is something I swear that we've had a conversation about. From, from concept to final construction, it takes them about a month to make a ship. So where did all those man hours go? Making ships. Yeah, but there's so many ships that were made for the feds. And just, you know, very little mission content in the, well, basically it's just a fun new tutorial, isn't it? Because you know, I I wanna I wanna point out you know when when we got the when we got Legacy of Romulus when we, when we got the Legacy of Romulus thing yeah we got the Romulan specific content because Romulans that came with Romulans and Romulan leveling up ships that came with Romulan story content that I I wanna say that was the introduction of Nimbus so yeah. Yeah, that was when Nimbus first came into the games during that. Um, and on Romulus top of expansion. all of that, it's been my biggest point of contention with them stomping all over the Klingons because of what Dan Stahl said when they when they announced that thing before they announced that thing, which was we are going to finish the Klingons as a playable you know, as a playable race before we make a new faction. To which, out of the entire thing of Legacy of Romulus, the most we got was a paragraph and a half of, oh hey, by the way, we've changed the Klingon starting experience, so now that they're a full faction. So yeah, out of Legacy of Romulus, huge, massive amounts of time on making story content, ships, an adventure zone, re-changing re another tutorial. We have constantly, constantly seen the amount of content that comes out of a series or, or an expansion go straight the fuck downhill. And then the hype train, I'm going to sort of see this from Zombie's point of view for a second there. The hype train was started quite a bit before the Romulus expansion. There was the the thing that happened in February. The where teaser. It was like the teaser for March countdown. Beneath the Raptor's Wings that was written in Romulan. Yeah, and it was like this 20 days of, of what the what the hell's going on? Okay, I'll need was, to come back here. And it was a here. countdown timer, wasn't it? Wasn't yeah. it a countdown timer? <laughs> That's exactly what it was. A countdown to and then they released... It wasn't massively detailed, but there was a couple of pages worth of information 
about the expansion that they were about to bring out. And then, not long before Delta Rising, they announced all this stuff at Vegas, along with photos of all the new ships that were coming out. And then, for the latest expansion, we didn't really get told that much. We just got told, here's a pack you can buy. It's full of ships. Yeah, but Alex reminds us, Brand Flakes took a lot of took a lot of credit for that teaser page. See, it's almost like if we have some sort of, oh, I don't know, like a community manager, shit seems to get done. Uh-huh. But now That's that our community manager's been promoted, managing we have a new multiple person, communities. Now that now that our community manager's been promoted because, well, uh, uh, admittedly she's fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> we have nothing. Yeah, I mean the old the old live streams with the community manager playing through like a mission a day or something like that is I haven't seen anything like that in a long time. Well Alex just mentioned that. Alex said he went to the Perfect World Twitch page. They're still doing Neverwinter live streams. Uh-huh. And still is the like, if Neverwinter is the number one game, and Stowe's, like, in second place, we should be getting something sort of similar to to that, if they want to keep us up there, you know? I don't know. I, I you know, at this, at this whole thing, I just, I, I keep looking back and forth between timelines and cryptic and going, I... Honestly, this this makes me not want to play any more Star Trek games if, if this is the way people are going to handle shit. Yeah, just sort of content dwindling off to <laughs> well, a spoonful every now and again. And it's like, oh, here's our first expansion. God, that was exhausting. We're probably never going to Oh wait, it sold well? We should do one of these every couple of years. Oh, here's our next expansion. It's not as much as the other before, but there's look, there's a whole thing here. There's a level cap increase. We've and we've created two entirely new sector blocks. There's like all of this content. There's a, a mission zone. There's in-game stuff to do. Oh, here's our next expansion. It's a 50th thing. Oh, uh, there's no in-game adventure zone. There's no fleet holding. There's 10 missions. And the only new mechanics come on these flavor of the month ships we created specifically for this faction. You could have created a faction which was an alliance faction set in the 30th century that went back in time to revisit old missions from a temporal point of view and made sure the past went on time. Well, that was... that was... that's... That, that's, that's what Toss did, just in the reverse order. It took somebody from Toss and said, you're a temporal agent. You're supposed to protect the timeline from all this crap. And then it threw us into... We'll put you, you in know, the established game itself rather than having a, a future with, like, <laughs> you're based in a, the 30th century and you need to go back in time and just make sure that make sure everything goes okay. Make sure that a bunch of Borg bams don't start messing things up, or so on and so forth. I, I don't know. At this point, it's just... it. The further this conversation goes, the further I just... 
the further <laughs> it just gets under my skin. And 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 Alex, you're you're probably pulling your hair out and screaming from all of this crap. And and I would be right up there with you if if I had not just completely not played stove for months on end. I'll admit it right here and now. I have not played stove for months on end, and it was only after re- after deleting stove from my C drive to put it onto my portable hard drive <laughs> to to say to to free up some hard drive space that I actually logged in and finished the entire future war yesterday's war future proof arc thing and it was like oh so that's what happened and it's kind of a cop out okay and yes i'm talking about vorgon conclusions which it was an all right mission but i got the feeling that it could have been more epic oh no 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 let's let's be completely honest for cryptic that was epic cuz that wasn't that was that that was probably an hour's worth of story content if you sit there and read everything. Like, that's that's getting into Foundry-level st- uh, story content right there. And that's I think that's the first time I've ever seen that come out of Cryptic. Ever. I do see that. There was a lot of little interwoven threads throughout the mission. But at the same time, you've got the... You've got this... You've got this constant theme of, oh, well... Picard had the the good common decency to 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 fucking replicate this toxitot thing for <laughs> to to break in front of them so they'd leave the fuck alone. Okay, he's on Risa, away from the Enterprise. Pretty pretty sure pretty sure those Risian replicators aren't mocked up for creating replicas of a thing other than a horgon or food. Because, you know, the Rysians are peaceful people. There's kind of a no-weapons policy on Risa. Which the Ferengi violated. Yeah, he had that nice uh, Romulan disruptor rifle with him, yeah. <laughs> Gotta love Picard. He goes anywhere and just doesn't bother arming himself. Again, this is a Risa has a weapons ban kind of thing. And yet, here we are. This is a problem I had with this episode from TNG in the first place. Here you are on a place that's kind of specifically banned weapons, and they don't have sensors going off when the Ferengi pulls a weapon and the Vorgons pull weapons. Even though the Vorgons have, like, future weapons, quote-unquote. Those are still devices which could kill a person. Like, they emit a charge of some sort that would kill a person. I don't I, you know, I'm not too big on you know how on how sensor technology works, but I'm pretty sure you should be able to detect something that is meant specifically to harm and injure other people. Yeah, it's, we're led to believe that such detection technology is in existence. That upon detecting an armed weapon, has the ability to beam the power cells out of it or beam the focusing lens out of it so it just doesn't work anymore and becomes a prey-looking replica. I mean, it becomes a high-end paperweight. Get it right. Yeah, yeah see, of, exactly. And, you know, out of that whole thing, how the hell did everybody on Risa, at, like, at the Rysian security thing, not have, like, alarms going off across the board that the Ferengi's got a weapon, and Vosh takes a weapon from the Ferengi, 
and that these Vorgons show up with weapons. How does that not happen? And then, in and then, in all of this chaos that's going on with his little holiday on Risa, he has the time to reconfigure a replicator to make him a replica of this thing to then <laughs> break it. What? How does that even work? Honestly. Or just the, oh, maybe the, they had too many mai tais. Maybe the vendor sold like snowflake globes that looked like the talks with that that Picard was able to just oh yeah transporter code forty seven please bang. Now you see it. Now you don't. Now you see it. Now you don't. Bang. I mean you know this is this is where that whole this is where that whole uh, foundry mission of the the Iconians invade Risa is a real possibility because even in Deep Space Nine. There was no Rysian security. The, the Rysian security was the Rysian showing up and going, "Look, we we ain't cool with all this crap. You 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 need to leave." Remember the whole the whole you know weather terrorist thing that that Worf got involved in Deep Space Nine. Yes, I remember she those shows guys. Up. That was her being security. That was Rysian security. How does this happen? How does this how does how does this happen on a planet that's not supposed to have weapons? Because their sensor be, technology is not advanced to, enough to see the future weapons, because they're somehow disguised in, in a temporal flux. The chronotons aren't properly aligned for correct identification. How does this lapse in safety happen on a planet that is supposed to be one a vacation spot for everybody? And two, a planet that is supposed to be peaceful. Hello, uh, gentlemen. I, I happen to see that you have some some guns there. W would you mind just putting them away, or I will have to ask you just a little bit louder? I will have to be a little more assertive with my assertions. <laughs> okay, guys, gonna put the guns away. So yes, Alex, your, your people in Star Trek Online are stupid is actually seeping out into TNG now, because it happened. All I have to say about that is pack lads. The most intelligent beings in the galaxy. No shit, right? As, as simple as they sounded, they said exactly what they were going to do and did it. They stole a chief engineer off a Federation ship. Off of the Federation flagship. My God, are Pakleds the most intelligent creatures in the Star Trek universe? That's like walking into Buckingham Palace and walking out with Prince Harry. No, no, as no, no, a no, no, prisoner. Not, even, <laughs> not even that. You're walking out with the Queen's chef. <laughs> you make us go. <laughs> we require things. You make us go. Steals chef. But then the chef gives him, like, dodgy food that makes him ill and escapes. <laughs> See, that was... That was we are not strong. <laughs> both intelligent and unintelligent. See, they were intelligent in the, in the simplicity of their, of, of their being. But that simplicity was also their downfall. But yet, at the same time, it was also their greatest tactical advantage because nobody would think that they would actually do exactly as they said when they said it. Well, that's because that's because perception puts a different connotation on what is said. 
See, they meant like the literal definition of what they were saying, and everybody else was interpreting it in a nebulous term. You make us go. <laughs> we co we collect things, things that make us go. Yeah, their ship was built entirely out of stolen technology. Big warning sign. And the worst part is, this is that, that was yet another episode where Worf was shot down, and not even Piper Card. He was shot down by Riker. And the <laughs> moment those pack lids started turning shit, <laughs> Riker looks to Worf, and Worf's like, I fucking told you, all over his face. I fucking told you. <laughs> I am not a merry man. <laughs> we are like so, so far off track of, of feedback. <laughs> and honestly, I just wanted to stop talking about that issue. Well, yeah, it is kind of a dead horse, kind of like the whole KDS science thing that I keep harping on. But, you know, it, it's one of those of I, I like keeping that in people in the forefront of people's thoughts because, yeah, there are multiple players like me that want more science content available for KDF players. There are lots of players out there that are not happy with the amount of content that came out with Agents of Yesterday. And I tend to agree with them. Um, I mean, granted, yeah, I'm not even a third of the way through the missions and I'm already you know, like a level 53 or something like that. But it, it's still the fact that it, it, they hyped it so much and delivered so little. Um, it's the question that, that keeps coming to my mind is they're, they're giving so little information about artifacts are they actually going to pull their head out of their rectal orifice and actually do something astounding considering that they kind of have been doing the opposite of what the hype train says where's our info about the new STS that's coming out where's our info about the inevitable new rep system that's going to be launched next week um, what's going to be in the new lockbox? Hell, what even is the new lockbox going to be? I guess we'll be I, having a that, blog a day like we had beforehand, probably. Welcome back, Midnight! I, I do I do want to say, though, that, like, with, with all of the, you know, with all the, the stuff that, you, you know, we're talking about Epicness Dragon, the, the, the most amazing episode of, of, uh, Star Trek Online, even after the episode Midnight, the, f the first, the hands-down most epic episode from Star Trek Online has to be Mindscape. I would tend to agree. Because that was just a huge change in looking at the way you can make the game work. And it was done so well. Just the way that you were walking through the path and it would change and you would come up against brick walls and well no you'd come up against brick walls and you turn around and the entire layout of the map would have changed it's different yeah like uh when did this happen and then all, all the um all the things you have to do to open a door like descaling the herrings and stuff like <laughs> descaling red herring <laughs> decouple the decouple fire <laughs> No, recouple the decouplers. <laughs> That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't he build a snowman outside the uh, the hull breach as well? Or no, 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 no. That was um, that was that was on the um, test server. That's what I was trying to think of. That was on the test server. 
Ah, okay, that's where because, that was from. Because, yeah, that, that, that wasn't in the final thing. I went looking for the snowman, and somebody said there was a Neelix shoved somewhere in there, too. And it, I was like, I, well, I went looking for those things, and I never saw them. Yeah, from what I'd heard, there was initially going to be multiple paths to go down, and it would randomly pick one for you. Neelix being one of them, because he had a close connection with Tuvok's mind through being Tuvix. And it was going to be like the... The parts, Which would have been fascinating. It was going to be like the part in the previous missions where a different thing happened when you went into the room where the Voth guy killed the captain of the Yeah, yeah, Dyson the, the, the divergent paths on the that sun station mission. Yeah, it was either the sniper or the guy jumping into the robot. Yep, but yeah, that's... Uh, I'm I'm not gonna go further with the forum stuff, so I'll I'll move on to uh, Facebook response. We got a Facebook expo- uh, response from Fred Ortiz. Well, my thoughts are simply this: we were just where exactly will the mission fit in stow uh, continuity with the various factions? Does it go after the stuff with future proof conclusion, or does it get slotted with the agents of yesterday missions? That happened earlier in the storyline for the Feds, Klingons, and Romulans. And right. Tim Borg actually responded to Fred and said, Yeah, it's confusing that yesterday's war missions literally jump around. Now, I've been recently playing with my Agents of Yesterday character that I'd started. And it just... I have done the missions in absolutely no order whatsoever. And there hasn't really been any sort of... Like, I haven't been funneled in a path of doing them in the correct order. So I've done the the final arc before I've even done the Iconian arc. I haven't even got through the Delta Quadrant yet, and I still need to discover the Solonay Sphere. It's... Yeah, I just feel like I've been juggled throughout the story. If I was a new player, I'd be confused. Okay, well, thank you everybody for their feedback. We always enjoy reading what you all have to say. Um, due to work commitments and health, as mentioned at the beginning of the show, I've not been in game to sort out the competition winners yet. It is still high on my list of things to do that you are not forgotten about. So... Do you guys have any questions for this week's show? What do you think of the Keldon replacing the Galore? What do you think of the new tier? Uh, well, what do you think of the console ships replacing the their tier five variants in the Infinity Lockbox? There you go. That's a better question. So, let us know your thoughts, and if you play Star Trek Timelines, what are your thoughts? about the letter to the community and the plans they have. I'm interested to know your thoughts. So, if you would like to join one of the Tribble's fleets in Star Trek Online, we've got the Federation fleet, which is Tribble's and XC Psy fleet, and we've got the KDF Targs and Ecstasy. And in Star Trek Timelines, it's simply just Tribble's and Ecstasy. So, let us know if you would like to join. Um, 
we are starting to look at doing more for the Star Trek Online fleets. So hopefully we'll start doing some more with recruitment and events will hopefully follow soon after. So uh, as we start doing things, we will let you all know, of course. If you'd like to listen to us in syndication, please head over to trekradio.net and subspace-radio.net. We're syndicated every Wednesday at both those stations. You can get us all over social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Google+, Star Trek Riser, and player.me as soon as they fix the issue with switching profiles. All of them find us at Tribbles in XTC, and you can also guess us via email at hosts at tribblesinxc.com, or you can guess us a voicemail by using the widget on the official post at holosuitemedia.com, or by visiting speakpipe.com forward slash Tribbles in XTC. And of course, you can get us on iTunes and Google Play. And if you can, always leave a rating. We're always happy to hear from you that way as well. Okay, well, thank you all for listening to the show. Hope you enjoyed our ramblings once again. So, until next week, goodbye everyone. Remember, without science, there is no shield. You trek against Trump people. Quit it. Catch y'all later. satellite radio for our remastered shows and more you can follow us on twitter at tribbles in xtc or if you have any questions or comments please send an email to tribbles in ecstasy at gmail.com join us next week for another episode of tribbles in ecstasy the only place where tribbles and klingons are friends